0: Do you believe Jesus is with you in every moment? One of the best ways to instill this truth is by spending time in reflection and prayer. Dr. David Jeremiah makes this easy with his new 365-day devotional called Walking with Jesus. This exclusive book is available for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a donation of $120 or more, you'll receive the devotional four-pack, perfect for gifting. Learn more when you visit davidjeremiah.ca.
1: If you've ever prayed that your children would get along and have bright futures, you can relate to how Jesus is praying for you. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah continues his look at Christ's intercessory role on behalf of believers and some of the specific areas of prayer he takes to the Father. Here's David to introduce the conclusion of his message. Is he praying for us or are we praying to him?
0: I told you that the answer to those questions The answers were both yes. We pray to him, and he prays for us. But the part that we don't usually know is that he prays for us. That's such an encouragement. You know, um, the Bible tells us that he cares a lot about who we are, about what's going on in our lives, and that he makes intercession for us before the Father. What a wonderful truth that is. We'll learn more about that as we open our Bibles together. Once again, I hope you will follow along as we look at John chapter 17 together. The study guide for this lesson is chapter 6. You can find that on page 75 in your study guide. I hope you'll go along with us as we follow these outlines together. Friends, don't forget, there's just a a few days left before the opportunity for you to get the new resource for the new year uh, will no longer be front and center. And we want you to have this devotional. We send out hundreds of these, in fact, thousands of these every year. So when you read your devotional every day, you will be joined with hundreds of other people all over the world who are reading the same thing you're reading. It's kind of a special community that we have. When we read our devotionals together, this year it's called Walking with Jesus. It's beautifully adorned in white and blue leather with uh, gold embossed letters on the front, uh, uh, gilt-edge pages, color throughout. But most of all, wonderful truth to inspire your day and add value to your life. It's yours for the asking when you send your gift today. Do the best you can with your year-end gift. It helps us so much. But whatever the size of your gift, just simply say, here's my year-end gift. Please send me the devotional, and it'll be on its way. We're gearing up to get these out as quickly as possible so you'll have them to begin the year together. Here is part two of is he praying for us or are we praying to him? How many of you know that Satan is our accuser? He's called the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What is he trying to devour? He's trying to devour our influence. He's trying to devour our testimony for Jesus. He can't devour our salvation because he has no right to take that from us, but he can destroy our reputation and destroy our influence for God. He's always about that, testing us and trying to get us to make the wrong decision. But did you know that the Lord Jesus is praying for us that we will not be overcome by Satan? The best illustration of that is in a verse of scripture concerning Peter. Luke chapter 22 verse 31, Jesus is talking to Peter and this is what he says, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. When Satan singled out Peter, Jesus assured Peter that he would not face the evil one alone He told Peter that he was praying for his faith not to fail Now we know hours later it appeared as if Peter did fail He denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times, but how many of you know that wasn't the end of the story? You have to read all the way through the book of John to the 21st chapter and after Jesus resurrection Peter returns to Jesus and Jesus gives him the assignment to strengthen the brothers. In other words, in response to Jesus' prayer, God allowed Satan to sift Peter, but he did not allow Peter to fall through the sieve. And although Peter fell, his faith did not fail. What a reminder to us men and women that Jesus cares enough to pray us through our failures. All of us are men and women who have failed. We're not failures. Because we fail, but we have all failed in some way. And when we fail, the Bible gives us this encouragement that as Jesus prayed for Peter during his three-point denial of Jesus, Jesus prays for us. You know, we think, well, when we succeed, it's Jesus praying for us. No, when we're failing, Jesus is praying for us. And he prays us through our failures so that we get back to the place of fellowship with him We don't fully understand the spiritual warfare that we face every day. We do not know all the ways in which the devil accuses us before God, but we have the blood of Jesus Christ pleading for us, and we have the one whose blood is pleading for us. Jesus protects us from the evil one. He shields us by his prayers and by the power of his blood. His prayers are a protective force around us. Jesus is praying for us. What is he praying? He's praying for our protection. He's praying for our security. Number two, Jesus cares about our sufficiency. Verse 13 of chapter 17 says, Now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. In verse 13, Jesus prayed that the joy he has might be fulfilled in us. He wasn't talking about just joy, but fulfilled joy, overrunning joy, abundant joy, sufficient joy. He was talking about Jesus' joy. Let me tell you, as you know, he's not talking about happiness. That depends on the happenings. He's talking about joy. That depends on Jesus. And Jesus' joy is so amazing. Jesus' joy is the answer to the Hebrew greeting, shalom. They tell us that the word shalom means more than peace. It means a sense of well-being within a person. The joy of Jesus is that sense you have that no matter what's going on around you, the most important thing is okay. And in your heart, there's this feeling, this sense of the sufficiency of the joy of Jesus. I've seen this illustrated in so many believers, and I've even experienced it sometimes in my own life. That During very troubling times and times that would normally take a smile off of your face. The inward Jesus puts joy in your heart. That's beyond anything you can explain. You know, Jesus was a joyous person. I've always been amazed that when Jesus came on the scene his first miracle wasn't at a funeral, but at a feast. It was at the Feast of Cana of Galilee. It was a marriage. Everywhere you look, Jesus was involved in joy. He performed miracles that set people on a tour of rejoicing. Throughout the New Testament, he generously imparted his joy to other people. One day, he healed a crippled woman. She stood right up and began praising God. The Samaritan leper, healed by Jesus, returned to Jesus, and the Scripture said he was praising God in a loud voice. And when the lame man at the gate, beautiful, was healed, He got up and went into the temple. Listen to this. He was walking and leaping and praising God. Now there's a man who's happy. Describing these moments in the life of Jesus, Paul put it this way. He said, The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul said, Our lives ought to be characterized by righteousness and peace and joy. We ought to be the most joyous people in the world. That's what we have, and we can't help it, we rejoice. We sing upbeat music, we sing happy music, we sing joyous music. I know some people think you worship with a dirge, but I can't put that together in the New Testament scripture. We are to be people of joy. We should never apologize for being joyous. One of the great lessons I learned when I studied the book of Ecclesiastes which is a rather dark book because it records the writings of Solomon when he was away from God, and he's trying to reason life out as if there were no God. But even in the midst of all of that, eight times in Ecclesiastes, we are told to rejoice in the life that God has given us. Men and women, we should not go around all sober and look like life is over. Even in the most difficult things we have on earth, we have so much to be joyous about. Lewis Smedes was one of my favorite writers. He's in heaven now, but his books remain. Here's what he said. You and I were created for joy, and if we miss it, we miss the reason for our existence. Jesus experienced joy in his life, and now he's praying that we do the same. When I wake up in the morning, I often say this, as tired as I might be and as much as I don't want to get up, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, if you've ever been through a serious illness, maybe one where you wouldn't sure if you're going to make it or not, every day is a gift from God, isn't it? And every day is a day to rejoice. And every day is a day to say, today is God's gift to me and I'm going to rejoice in this day. I may not know the answers to all my problems, but I will not be defined by the difficulties of my life. I will be defined by the joy of Jesus in my heart. Jesus gives us that opportunity. Now, listen to all that, and then just let me remind you again, this is what Jesus is praying for us. He's not only praying for our security, he's praying for our sufficiency. He wants us to have joy, Jesus' joy, fulfilled joy, shalom in our hearts. Here's the third one, Jesus cares about your maturity. This is found in John 17, verse 17. This is what Jesus is praying. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. When I was a child growing up in my father's church, we used to have Wednesday night prayer meetings and Sunday night church services. And quite often, both on Wednesday night and Sunday night, they would take time out of the early part of the service for what they called a testimony meeting. We would have open testimonies. We do that now at funerals. We used to do it in church. Open testimony, open mic. It was always interesting. But what I noticed was there was always about three people that every week they would be the first ones up. And I hate to say this, but it was three ladies. And they always said the same thing. They would get up and say, I'm just so thankful that I'm saved and sanctified. And then they go, sit down. I knew what saved was, but I wasn't sure what sanctified was, and I was pretty sure I didn't want it because I didn't want to turn out like them. (laughs) I didn't know what sanctified was until many years later, and I found out it's not a bad word. It's a good word. Sanctified means to be made holy. Up in heaven, Jesus is praying that you and I will be good people, holy people. He's praying for our sanctification. The Bible is God's chief means of bringing that about. And so we aren't surprised to read that his prayer goes like this. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. What he's praying is that when we open this book, we don't just learn more of the Bible, but the Bible gets into our lives and changes who we are. He says, sanctify them, make them holy, by your truth, your word is truth. He's praying for us right now that the word of God that we're studying from John 17 will not just pass through our minds and out the other side, but they will find a place of residence in our hearts and we will listen to the words and those words will change us from the inside out. That's what Jesus is praying. He is praying for our sanctification. He is praying for our maturity. Here's the fourth one. Jesus is praying about our security about our sufficiency. He's praying about our maturity He's praying about our ministry in John 17 18. He says this as you sent me into the world I also have sent them into the world Now let me just break that down for you Jesus was the first missionary to the world in which you and I live one day in heaven God called his son to the throne and said I need you to go to the earth where the people are struggling and don't know what to do, and they're in sin. I want you to go there and seek and to save that which is lost, pay the penalty for their sin on the cross. Now Jesus is saying to his Father, just as one day you sent me into the world, I am sending all of your disciples, including us, into the world with the same message, to seek and save the lost. What I realize when I read this is that Jesus is praying for us when we carry out the mission for which he was sent. Whenever we go out to do the ministry God has given us, we can be assured that up in heaven, Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for me when I preach, as all of you do. Some of you pray that I won't preach so long. I understand that. But I don't think Jesus is praying that. I think you all are praying it, but I don't think Jesus is praying that. He's praying for you when you usher. He's praying for you when you teach children. He's praying for you when you work in the parking lot. He's praying for you when you drive the shuttle. He's praying for you when you serve on the board. If you're in the ministry of Jesus, you can count on it. You are on his prayer list. And he's praying for you that you will carry out the ministry in a way that brings fruit to the kingdom. He's praying for your ministry. Here's number five. He's praying for your unity John seventeen twenty one says this I pray Jesus is praying now. I Pray father that they all may be one as you are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us That the world may believe that you sent me In other words, Jesus is praying for our unity many of you have come out of situations where you've been in a church where unity wasn't anywhere to be seen Maybe you went through a church split or maybe you were in a church that was in a big fight I remember reading about Ray Stedman. He said that Christians can be like a group of porcupines on a cold winter's night They need to be close to another so they can reflect the heat from their bodies But as soon as they get close enough to get heat they prick each other with their quills And then they spread apart again when I first got to Fort Wayne I used to go to the YMCA every day for lunch and play basketball for an hour And there was a whole group of us that played and over the arch of the and sea when you walked in it were these words from John 17 That they may be one We'd walk through the arch and go down in the pit and kill each other for an hour That was such a rough experience. Believe it or not. I broke both of my ankles in one year Playing basketball at the Y, but over the arch was that they may be one <laughs> We speak it, but we don't live it Thank God that we have this wonderful unity that God has given us. Don't take it for granted. It is something we have to protect. And right now, up in heaven, Jesus is praying for our unity. He's praying for our oneness, that we would reflect, according to the Bible, the same spirit that he has with the Father. He wants us to be one in our unity. And then finally, Jesus is praying for our destiny. Listen to this. Verse 24 of chapter 17, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Now, folks, here's another one of those little kind of upside down truths. We all know that we want to be with Jesus. I mean, all of us, we talk about that as we get older. We have so many people that we've invested in heaven already. We look forward to the day when we're with Jesus and we're reunited with the people that we love. But here's what we may not know about Jesus. Listen to this. Jesus wants to be with us. It's not just that we want to be with Jesus. Listen to this. It says that they may be with me where I am. Jesus wants us to be with him. Over in John chapter 14, he says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now listen to this. That Where I am you may be also Jesus wants us to be with him We want to be with him. We know that but did you know that Jesus wants you to be with him way more than you want to be with him? It's his desire for you to someday be with him if you put your trust in Jesus Christ There isn't any doubt about the fact that that will happen the Bible says when you're a Christian if you trust the Lord absent from the body is present with the Lord As soon as you take your last breath down here, you take your first one up there. And you're absent from your body, but you're present with the Lord. And the Lord Jesus is so looking forward to that that he prays about it in his prayers. It's on his prayer list. That one day we will be with him. Listen, friends, Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for you. If you've been watching the news, you've probably noticed that Chicago is mentioned a lot. A lot of bad things happening in Chicago. Many people being murdered there every year. Every year it's either one or two in the number of murders. Gang warfare. Chicago's a rough place. It's always been known for its mobs, but right now it seems like we've gone back to the 20s. Gang warfare is just awful. Right in the middle of Chicago is a place called the Pacific Garden Mission. When I was a student in college, I worked at a Christian radio station, and one of my tasks was to put the programs on the air that we aired on that station. One of them was called Unshackled. And Unshackled was a program about all the miracles that happened out of the Pacific Garden Mission. People that would come there, it was right down in the heart of the roughest part of Chicago, and people would come there with no options left, long before street people became what they were, Pacific Garden Mission was the place where you went if you didn't have anything. If you couldn't eat, they would give you food. They'd give you a bed to sleep in. And part of the deal was you had to go to chapel. And they had preachers in there all the time preaching the gospel. Hundreds of thousands of people got saved at the Pacific Garden Mission And went out to tell their story thus you had the program unshackled and Pacific Garden mission became the prototype for all the missions in All of the cities. There's a mission in LA. That's a prototype of the Pacific Garden mission And it was kind of like the last resort if you went there You would just be overwhelmed at the condition of the people who filed in the door They knew they could get something to eat. They knew there would be a place to sleep but over the door of that mission were these words. Words that make you almost cry when you hear them. Here's what's over the door of that mission. Your mother's prayers have followed you. When you walk in the mission, that's what it says. Your mother's prayers have followed you. A subtle reminder to many of them that they had mothers who prayed for them. And those prayers followed them all the way to the mission in Chicago until finally they were arrested by the Spirit of God and brought to a place of redemption. I've discovered in my own life as a parent that there are certain things that we can do to influence our children. When they're small, we can guide them. We can make sure they go on the right path. We put them in Christian schools and we build some barriers around the edges of their life. But as they get older, there comes a time in our life when we have to turn them over to the Heavenly Father to pray that he would care for them, to pray that he would keep them, to pray that he would watch over them. I've gone through that with all of my children and some of my grandchildren. Lord, nothing more I can do, but I pray that you will guide them prayer is an amazing thing, and the Father in heaven is hearing the prayers of His Son Jesus for you right now. When He prays for us, we draw near to Him. He draws near to us, and He's praying for you right now. If you don't know Him as your personal Savior, His prayer is that you might come to Him and open your heart and receive Him. And if you're a Christian, I want you to hear the words of the Savior Right from John 17, here's what he's saying to you and to me. I'm going to be praying for you. He's going to be praying for you. I don't know what you're going through this week, but let me tell you something. Jesus is praying for you. You pray to Jesus, but Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for all these six things and others I didn't have time to get to. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what your need is. And right now in heaven... Before God's throne, he's interceding for you and for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do for us. Amen. Amen. Well, tomorrow we're going to tackle a problem in this uh, New Testament that we have, where there's a scripture that says that we do greater works than Jesus did when he was on this earth. And when I say that, it sounds like that couldn't possibly be true. That must be some sort of a contradiction. But you need to listen, because when you understand what this is saying, it is truly a marvelous motivation to serve the Lord with all your heart. Tomorrow here on Turning Point, is he doing greater works or are we? The study guide, the book, the CD package for this series, all available uh, from Turning Point. You can get the book and the study guide, and the CD package by going to davidjeremiah.org. There you will find all this resource material. Don't forget, you can also receive the devotional for next year for a gift of any size. So when you send your year-end gift, be sure to ask for your copy of Walking with Jesus, the new devotional from Turning Point.
1: Today's message originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. If Turning Point is strengthening your walk with the Lord, drop us a line at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Sawasan Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new 365-day devotional for 2024, Walking with Jesus. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also stream more than 1,200 of Dr. Jeremiah's messages on demand on our streaming service, Turning Point Plus, for a monthly gift of any amount. Visit turningpointplus.org for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue The Jesus You May Not Know, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. Christmas will be here before you know it. So now is the time to prepare your heart with a timeless devotional written by Dr. David Jeremiah called Season of Joy. Enter the Christmas season with restored hope, resounding joy, reassuring peace, and renewed faith. This inspirational book is yours for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive a four-pack to share the season of joy with others. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca.
0: If you've been part of a church family, it's likely that some of your children have been recruited to play the part of shepherds in the annual Christmas pageant. Wearing bathrobes with towels on their heads and staffs in their hands, these junior shepherds play their parts with solemn dignity and wide-eyed wonder. And I think that's exactly how the first shepherds came to the stable to view Jesus. They were not sophisticated intellectuals coming to disprove the idea of God being born in Bethlehem. They were plain-spoken men who took the angelic announcement of Jesus' birth at face value and ended up on their knees before the Christ child. This is David Jeremiah, and that is the Christmas story on Route 66.
1: Driving the word home this Christmas on Route 66. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. That's Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.